House Speaker Dennis Bonin coming to you again uh, with another discussion about COVID-19 and the vision for Texas and where we're going and where we are. Uh, today, we're very fortunate uh, to have the time of two frontline experts who are doing an extraordinary job for us with the Texas Department of State Health Services. We have Kirk Cole, who is Senior Advisor uh, to the Commissioner, and we have Dr. Jennifer Schufer, is a infectious disease medical officer uh, with the commission. Um, could each one of you uh, just tell us a little bit about your role uh, with the department, as well as a little bit about the response um, to uh, doing what Texas has to do to stop the spread of COVID-19? Uh, Jennifer, Dr. Schubert, if you'd start. Sure. Um, so as an infectious disease physician, my role is to make sure that we um, look at all of the science that's going on. This is a novel virus. We're just learning about it as we go and we try to have these interventions um, in our communities. And so it's uh, my role is to kind of stay on top of that and make sure that everything that we're doing in public health, both um, statewide and then down to the local level is is addressing um, as best as we can um, this pandemic, but doing it with solid um, science behind us. Right, uh, Mr. Cole, could you discuss a little of your role? Yes, uh, my, my role day in and day out is to support and do whatever the commissioner needs me to do, major projects. And so this, this is our project right now and uh, really making sure that we're coordinated across our department. Uh, we have, uh, we do, uh, focus on public health every day, but we have a lot of pieces and moving parts uh, to our department from our laboratory to our epidemiologists that are out on the ground investigating uh, the diseases, working with local health departments. So I'm just trying to make sure that uh, we're all coordinated and that uh, we're in alignment with state leadership uh, and with uh, our partners in the Department of Emergency Management to uh, carry out this response. So there, there's um, been discussions early on about who's most vulnerable and, and who needs to be more concerned than others. Um, I feel like I'm hearing reports that maybe there isn't that much clarity on the most vulnerable, that maybe we're all as vulnerable uh, as, as we didn't suggest in the beginning. Could, could either one of you maybe doctors speak to that? Sure. Um, so it's, it's clear from studies from around the world that um, thankfully, children aren't being hit as hard. They're not having as severe a disease um, and their, their risk of death isn't as high as some other groups. But we are seeing more severe illness and deaths in people who are 65 years of age and older and people that have chronic, chronic medical conditions like heart disease, lung disease, kidney disease on dialysis, people with diabetes and people that have severe obesity, um, as well as people just with underlying um, immune compromise, immune, immunocompromising conditions um, that put them at risk for infections um, kind of across the board. So those are populations that are more vulnerable from what we can tell so far and that we are trying to concentrate some of our efforts on. But I guess I wanna be clear because in the beginning I felt like some people had this impression that certain age groups and certain individuals were, you know, maybe even not, I wouldn't go as far as immune, but just wouldn't even get the disease or, or the virus, I should say, and, and wouldn't have a problem. 
I think that's been proven to not be accurate. Is that yeah, correct? you're you're right. There, I think there was some thought that it wasn't going to impact people who were young, um, and that we wouldn't maybe have any symptoms in them, or that they wouldn't require hospitalization. We are definitely seeing that every age group, every segment of the population is getting hit by this, and can have severe repercussions from it. I guess that's that speaks to the other major concern. Uh, is that people, thank goodness um, for them, have had COVID-19 but have not been symptomatic. And that speaks to that vulnerable population is that you could carry it with you, not know you have it, and spread it to the vulnerable. So explain how that fits into the strategy of what Texas has been doing on flattening the curve. That's absolutely true. Um, and, and I think some of the, the younger individuals who might not feel as many symptoms and recover well um, don't understand that they do still pose a risk to everybody else in the community um, when they're out and about. And then there's people who just have zero symptoms um, and can still have it and spread it. And so our recommendations to really maintain that six feet of distance between people is to prevent that spread, even from people who don't have symptoms and might not know it. The same is true for the, the cloth face coverings, the cloth face masks. Um, it's to keep those individuals who might not have symptoms but are infectious uh, from spreading it to somebody else. Um, and we keep telling people to wash their hands and clean off those surfaces for those same reasons. And the best way to social distance is to stay home. And then if you have to get out, do the social distancing, correct? Exactly. No, we're telling everybody to stay at home. Um, and, and then exactly, if they have essential um, errands, they have to run, that's understandable, and in those circumstances to make sure six feet are between individuals. Uh, Mr. Cole, can you talk to what's going on a little bit with testing? There are a lot of questions about why Texas is not doing more testing. Um, I know that really it's part of our own success in, in having a lower incident rate than other states, but can you speak to what's going on with testing um, and maybe beyond testing what other indicators there are to let Texans know um, how we are doing in flattening the curve. Right. So uh, there is a lot of testing going on in our state, uh, uh, getting up towards 150,000 uh, tests that have been uh, uh, conducted and that we have results on in our state. Uh, some of that capacity had to be built up and took a little bit of time to, to do that. But there's a lot of testing going on and a lot of opportunities to get testing. The good thing is, we're not having to test people in the same way New York or some other hotspots are uh, because we don't have that level of uh, disease, which is a good thing. The amount of testing that's done though is information and helps us make decisions. And so we wanna do as much of that uh, as we possibly can. And so we're really pushing doing that. The most important thing out of all of this is though doing that social distancing because it's working and because it helps to flatten the curve. And we're seeing that success uh, of people staying home and uh, practicing the social distancing uh, when they do have to be out. Do we, um, at this time, do we feel comfortable that the, the numbers of incidences of COVID-19 coronavirus um, and the death rate that is low here in Texas, fortunately, um, do we feel comfortable that those numbers 
um, are not being missed because of us not testing to the level that hot spots around the country are able to test to. I think uh, that, that information uh, helps us to, to know something about the disease. And again, the more that we test, the more we know. So I think uh, that it's, it tells us something about that, but, but continuing to test will allow us to, to make decisions about social distancing in the future and, and drive how we, how we approach uh, the, the disease and the progression of it uh, that we're seeing in our state. Is there a, at this point, you know, if someone has a positive test, what's the recommendation that they then do? I, I believe there's still no medically uh, directed treatment at this time. So what do we recommend if someone tests positive? What's the action? So we're telling people that if they're, they have a mild illness, if they're able to take care of themselves at home, that they do go home and take care of themselves there. And while they're at home to isolate themselves away from healthy people, um, but to just care for themselves with rest and fluids, just like you would for a, a flu or some other illness. In one point, um, you know, and, and please say I'm totally wrong if I am, you won't hurt my feelings. But one thing that, that I think is important that I've been trying to tell people when people talk about testing and they would like to get a test, but it's not available or what have you. Um, one thing I tell folks is that, you know, taking a test and being proven to not have COVID-19 doesn't mean you don't need to stay home, doesn't mean you don't need to social distance. So just taking a test and being negative doesn't then free you to go and start running around doing all your things that you feel like you should want and, and, and like to do. I mean, I, I am a tad, a tad bit concerned that as testing continues to become done on a more volume basis in Texas, that people are going to get tested and believe that they now don't have to worry about it because they're only negative at that moment in time. That doesn't mean that in the next day or two, um, they could be positive. We hope they aren't. But could you speak to that briefly? Yeah, I think that is our concern as well, is that people think that they can kind of clear themselves by taking a test and having it be negative. And you're right, it is good for that one moment in time. Um, and that if they're ill for any reason, they really should be staying home and isolating themselves away from other people. We know that these tests aren't perfect either. There's some false positives, there's some false negatives. And so we really do need to maintain, um, number one, that if People are ill, they stay at home and isolate themselves away. And even if they aren't ill, um, that they maintain that social distancing, staying at home right now, but out in public, maintaining that six feet of, of distance. So what, what are y'all, um, as the State Department of Health Services in Texas on the front line of this effort, what do you see that is encouraging for Texans? What, what information are we out there able to talk about that's encouraging that we see? I, I think we see that the the rate uh, of the what they call the doubling of the disease. So the the amount of time it takes for uh, the cases to double is slowing. And so that's a good sign. Uh, it doesn't mean we're at a peak or anything like that yet or that we're on the downside of the curve, but that's a positive sign. And we're going to keep watching that to see uh, uh, the progression of the disease, but we can't stop just because we're slowing. 
we need to get to the bottom of the curve so that uh, we ensure that uh, we've driven that rate of cases down as far as that we can as far as we can. Do we um, and, and if you're not able to, I understand. Do we have a sense of when we believe the peak for Texas would be at this time? And I know it sort of changes based on the data day to day. Uh, it, it changes a lot. I don't think we know that yet. I mean, I think there are some of the uh, some of the information out there points to sooner rather than later. Some of it points to a longer a longer uh, time frame. So I think we have to take it day to day and watch uh, where the data goes and let let the most recent uh, data about the disease uh, point to point to uh, what's next. I guess the, the, probably the most positive thing, though, if I'm understanding correctly, is that what we do know is that staying home, only attending to essential needs and social distancing when you tend to those social needs is, is definitely having a positive impact in a significant way. Is that a fair statement? Yes. What we're doing is working. What Texans are doing today uh, by staying home, by keeping that social distancing, is working and we have to stay committed to that till we till we uh, drive those rates down. And is it is not part of that strategy on drawing it out in a lower incidence level, but for a longer period? Is that fair to say? Yes, yes. That's that's what saves our healthcare system. That's what uh, allows our healthcare system to be able to to manage the patients that are in it. What, what uh, in, in wrapping up here, what are the one or two or three things that Texans can do right now um, to follow your state agency's efforts and receive updates on what they should be doing and how Texas is progressing in its fight to defeat COVID-19? So uh, our agency has a webpage, coronavirus webpage, uh, dshs.texas.gov. Uh, forward slash coronavirus. And so up-to-date information there all the time. Uh, they can also follow us on social media at DSHS. Uh, and uh, we're pushing out messages there all the time uh, as well. And then the governor is holding regular press conferences too to update uh, on what's happening. And, and so there, there's a lot of information uh, come, uh, coming out about, uh, how things are going and, and we keep pushing those things out and, and want Texans to know what's going on. Cause that helps them to, to know where we are and, and what they need to do. So let me ask a final question. Um, from my personal perspective, I think Texas is doing better than other large states, um, and have done better. Um, if we decided that we've done well, and we start um, changing our habits and start leaving our homes for reasons that aren't essential, and we don't do such a good job of sticking to social distancing, um, would that change the curve and would that set Texas back? Or have we gotten to a point where that wouldn't make a difference? 
We'll let the doctor speak to that. <laughs> I think it would make a big difference. I think you're exactly right. If we start to back off of those things now, we're going to see a sharper increase in the pace of our cases. Um, just because we don't have a lot of immunity in our population, that's the whole idea of a novel virus, is that nobody is immune except for that, that very small percentage of people who have been infected. And so the expectation is if we start to back off of these measures and there's still any bit of that coronavirus circulating in our population, suddenly we're going to see that those cases really go up again and a, a steeper peak. Um, and so that's why it's really important for us to maintain all of those measures for right now um, and to closely follow the cases. Uh, and, and like Kirk said, on our website, there's a lot of great information, including all of these case counts um, and data by um, counties and regions in Texas, as well as statewide data. And, and so people can, can stay up to date on how Texas is doing. Thank y'all very much. Thank you, Dr. Shuford. Thank you, Mr. Cole. Um, we appreciate, you know, we know y'all are working literally 24 seven. We appreciate the effort that y'all are making on behalf of all Texans. And if Texans really do appreciate what they're doing, we'll continue to stay home. We'll continue to socially distance. We'll continue to follow the CDC guidelines. Remember good hygiene, wash your hands. We can't do that enough. And the reality of it is Texas is outperforming the rest of the country um, for large states in being successful in slowing CODEV-19, but we cannot stop. We must continue it. Uh, my view is let's make these efforts we've made worth it. Let's make the discomfort we had to go through worth it in the end. And if we pull up now, it won't be worth it. Let's finish this out. Let's defeat COVID-19 by staying home and socially distancing. And absolutely, Texas and our economy will be better for it in the long term. And thank you for tuning in again. And thank you for being cognizant of your friends and your neighbors in making these efforts to support them and your own family. God bless Texas. Mm -hmm.